For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. OnX Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt and find more birds this spring. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance access deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some access deer sticks sent right to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I venison.com and use promo code cal for 20 percent off your first order outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems things like hard starts rough performance and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup sea foam can help your engine run better and last longer simply pour a can in your gas tank hunters and anglers rely on sea foam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season Pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. That's SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. From Mediator's World News Headquarters in Bozeman, Montana, this is Cal's Week in Review presented by Steel. Steel products are available only at authorized dealers. For more, go to SteelDealers.com. Now... Here's your host, Ryan Cal Callahan. A giant tortoise was recently captured on film attacking and eventually eating a flightless tern chick in the Seychelles. As you can imagine, this is not a short video. Think of the steamroller scene in the 1997 hit Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery. Vaguely similar. If the chick just would have moved a bit more laterally, or walked away in a general sort of sense, the tortoise would have likely found something else to eat in its path. Or possibly continued the hunt until that chick had chicks. We'll never know, and neither would the chick, had it just walked away. But it didn't. For seven whole minutes, the tiny little turn chick just backed up in a straight line, courageously pecking at the dinosaur head of its attacker until it was eaten. Now, had the bird just left, that giant tortoise would have just gone on its way, like I said. However, if you think about it, the GT regularly lives past the century mark, like over a hundred years. And while we assumed they were strictly vegetarians prior to this video, would it be wise to assume that they don't hold grudges and vendettas? Seems logical for the slow, deliberate steps of the giant tortoise. Kill. Eat. Kill. Eat. Not unlike the staggering steps of The Walking Dead, those tortoises may just be playing the long game. Anyway, 
It's been pointed out that the tortoise took considerable risk in attacking the teeny tiny bird. Eyesight is a powerful tool for a tortoise, and it could have lost an eye, meaning that this GT, which is, again, an abreve for giant tortoise, and shouldn't be confused with the giant trevally, which is the real reason people go out to the Seychelles and would eat any bird that came in its way. So don't confuse the two. The tortoise wanted to eat this bird. This wasn't like a happenstance situation. That's the real point of this video. Anyway, recent observations published in the journal Current Biology is the first documented evidence of giant tortoises hunting and eating a living animal. Tortoises are the largest endemic vegetarian in the Seychelles and account for consuming 11% of the island's vegetation. Prior to this, giant tortoises, or GTs, have been observed consuming carrion, dead stuff, eating bones, and snails, which would all be considered off-menu items at the local vegan restaurant, as ways to supposedly boost calcium and protein. So I ask you this. Is this occurrence a mind-blowing observation, akin to cats and dogs living together type stuff, or just another case of a strict vegetarian being caught on their cheat day? You once were a vegan, but now you will be gone. Vegan. This week, we've got petitions, presidential scorecards, and so much more. But first, I'm going to tell you about my week. And my week just really consisted of playing with the dog a whole bunch and prepping comments for Montana Fish and Wildlife public comment period, which is coming up for Region 3, September 7th. Don't these folks know it's hunting season? This is going to be regarding game management and regulation changes here in the state. Even though it can feel as if you have no say, if you want to be a part of conservation, it is a really good idea to attend these things. Establish your public record. Many of you wrote in to askcal at themeateater.com with your responses from elected officials regarding the Recovering America's Wildlife Act. So you know what I'm talking about. Save that stuff. Build your case as an active conservationist, not a one-shot keyboard warrior. The next time you write in about Recovering America's Wildlife Act, you can reference your previous call or email as well as the official's response. It is a great idea to take note of the fact that you will fill out your hunter and angler surveys. It is a great idea to take note of the fact that you do indeed fill out your hunter and angler surveys and pay attention to what's on them, as well as when you go down and testify at the courthouse during open testimony when bills are read. You need to be able to show people that you are paying attention, not just reacting. That's what I believe anyway. For whatever reason, state game agencies do typically have open hearings in the fall. Again, here in Region 3 in Montana, September 7 is the date. Be looking for the same in your neck of the woods. And this year, make excuses to go. In other news, a buddy of mine, a cranky old... Old, retired Forest Service guy drew a California bighorn sheep tag in the state of Idaho. I know that may be confusing to you, but just like there are a bunch of California people in Idaho, there are also the subspecies of bighorn sheep called California bighorn in Idaho. As far as recognized big game goes, there is Rocky Mountain bighorn sheep, California bighorn sheep, and desert bighorn sheep. And my first hunt of the year will be following this old cranky dude around who has the only tag in our party. 
and one of three tags offered through lottery in the southern part of Owyhee County. Owyhee is an odd name. I have a hard time saying it. Supposedly, a strange, anglicized way of saying Hawaiian, which is where it comes from. Back when the Hawaiian chain was called the Sandwich Islands by the people who discovered them, not the people who lived on the islands at the time who woke one day to be discovered. Anyway, Hawaiians, somehow called Oahis, were very valuable crew to have on board your ship. They were expert divers, swimmers, and used to spending a lot of time on the ocean. British fur trading vessels would stop and refit with food and water at the Hawaiian Islands and then head for the Northwest Fur Grounds, oftentimes carrying some Hawaiian crew. Those Hawaiian crew members would ultimately die all over the place as they seemed to be used for really terrible jobs dictated by very impatient captains. One of these places, a couple of Hawaiians were never seen or heard from again, is where we are going sheep hunting. A long, long way from Hawaii, Oahe County, Idaho. This area, although incredibly close to the densest human population in Idaho, Boise, boasts an impressive 1.5 people per square mile. It's hot, it's remote, it's hard to get to, I don't have a tag, nor is there even a bird season open in the unit. What the hell am I doing with all my valuable time? I'm gonna go hang out with some buddies, I'm really looking forward to it, and I'll uh, report what we find. Remember, just because you didn't draw the tag doesn't mean you can't go. Oh, also, since we're speaking of sheep, our golly game bags, which are the finest keep dirt and flies off your meat game bags around, and Meat Eater teamed up to make some cool, unique Meat Eater approved game bags available now at TheMeatEater.com. I uh, tinkered around with these quite a bit, and... uh, there's some fun additions on there. I think you'll dig them. Next up, petitions. As many of you know, and I know you know, because I took track of all of you writing into the ASCAL email, a petition to the Secretary of the Interior, Deb Holland, and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has been filed and titled Petition to Ban Trade in Wild Mammals and Birds and for Regulations Instituting a Comprehensive Chain of Custody System for All Plants and Wildlife Imported into or Exported from the United States. This petition, filed by the Center for Biological Diversity and the Natural Resources Defense Council, is requesting that the Lacey Act, along with CITES, be used to restrict the state-to-state transportation of all game meat, parts, trophy parts, or otherwise as classified under the Lacey Act as wild. CITES, which is the Convention on International Trade in Endangered Species of Wild Fauna and Flora, which is meant to prevent species, animal or otherwise, from becoming endangered through international trade, as we know, demand of wildlife in whole or parts and pieces can have terrible effects on wildlife populations. Think of the pangolin. But, you know, if you want to talk closer to home examples, you'll fill out a CITES form when you come back from Canada or Mexico. Even if something relatively mundane, such as a moose, just the meat, even. Anyway, as you can imagine, this would really curtail hunting in the United States. No transportation of wild meat across state lines. For some hunters, hunting across state lines is the only opportunity. Like, let's say if you live in New Jersey, for instance. A state full of black bears. Chock full of black bears. 
and you want that delicious roast beef of the woods on your plate and in your freezer, but your jack wagon governor has manipulated the system to prevent a legal hunting season in your state. You would have to travel to a far-off destination, like New York or Pennsylvania, to get your meat. In that case, a prohibition on interstate meat transport would be bad. And if, right now, you are saying, well, we should eat local, I hear you. But you had better be the king and queen of the backyard victory garden, if that's your angle. No trips to Whole Foods for you. The stated face value reason for this petition is that we are in a pandemic era, an era where the world is waiting for the next strain of a virus or new virus to jump from animals to people. This petition says, get serious now. Limit the factors that could contribute. Let's not mix and match animals across international or state borders. Side effect, hunting across state borders would be pointless for the vast majority, but this is for the greater good. Couple of points I want to make on this. Anyone can petition the government, and if anyone does, the government is bound to respond in some fashion to that petition. If the government fails to do so, then the petitioners have grounds to sue because the government is not paying attention to them as they should. As you can imagine, lots of petitions are created every year, the government in all of its forms is constantly responding to them, In all of my research, I could not find a single instance in which the Secretary of Interior or the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has issued a blanket order that would be near similar to this one. I just don't see this going anywhere. Should you take this seriously? Yes. And please sign the multiple petitions from Ducks Unlimited to BHA and Sportsman's Alliance and TRCP that are circulating regarding this. But, in my opinion, and here is my opinion, Be concerned, not necessarily for the anti-hunting byproduct of the current petition, but for this. Chronic wasting disease, CWD, remember that boogeyman in the closet? Think of all the state-by-state fights that have been occurring due to some very common-sense approaches to dealing with mitigating that disease. That disease, which is only found in wildlife and the captive servant industry. As hunters fight over not being able to bait or use certain scents in certain states, and cervid farmers flaunt state regulations aimed at distancing their operations, which are known vectors for CWD, others are out there, who do not represent hunting and hunters, petitioning the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and the Department of the Interior, not on the grounds of anti-hunting, but on the grounds of human health. The petition cites fear of future zoonotic disease outbreaks as the reasoning behind the request. So why don't we work harder as hunters, anglers, stewards of these great wild animals and lands to make sure that this petition has no basis? Contact state and national elected officials, legislators, and tell them to provide funding for widespread surveillance, sampling, and testing to determine the extent and spread of chronic wasting disease. Pay for and require testing in areas where chronic wasting disease has been detected. This will give hunters confidence to eat the meat they are harvesting and researchers more samples for research and data to help determine the rate of spread and growth in prevalence, which will continue to inform deer and disease management. For all you elk hunters out there, 
chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. OnX Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt and find more birds this spring. We've all seen plenty of gadgets and fads come and go, but here's one product that stood the test of time. Seafoam motor treatment. Lots of hunters and anglers know that seafoam helps engines run better and last longer. It's really simple. When you pour it in your gas tank, seafoam cleans harmful fuel deposits that cause engine problems. I'm talking common stuff like hard starts, rough engine performance, or lost fuel economy. Seafoam is an easy way to prevent or overcome these problems. Just pour a can in your gas tank and let it clean your fuel system. You probably know someone who has used a can of seafoam to get their truck or boat going again. I guarantee you've listened to them because I use it you know, regularly. People everywhere rely on seafoam to keep their trucks, boats, and small engines running the way they should the entire season. Help your engine run better and last longer. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver, off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid, and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And, as often is the case, those guys were on to something. Because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from heart and soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised grass-fed and finished cattle heart and soils unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean convenient taste-free capsule find out more at heartandsoil.co and make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. Moving on to the money desk. We talk a lot around here about conservation funding. It's an important topic. But sometimes, I think we lose sight of the trees for the forest. Here's what I mean. You probably know that the Great American Outdoors Act was passed by the U.S. Congress last year on a bipartisan basis. You know that it establishes a permanent fund of up to $1.9 billion per year to help address maintenance backlogs, and those backlogs include repairs to things like roads and bridges. But did you know that the Mark Twain National Forest in Missouri used some of that money to install more RV hookups at one of their camping sites? The Lane Springs campground only had one outlet, so would-be campers were often unable to reserve a spot. Outdoors Act Money helped the Forest Service install more hookups, which has allowed more folks to enjoy the great outdoors. This might sound like small potatoes and doesn't affect you, but the Outdoors Act is currently funding hundreds of projects just like this one. They don't get tons of media attention because, you know, let's face it, a few more hookups at a campground ain't exactly breaking news. But added together, 
these projects make a huge difference, and I think it's worth taking a minute to look at how our conservation dollars are being spent. Many of these projects directly benefit hunters and anglers by securing or reopening public land. In South Dakota's Black Hills National Forest, there's an 8,300-acre chunk of land that's been totally inaccessible. This is the largest piece of inaccessible land in the entire national forest system, but that may soon change. The Forest Service is planning to use Outdoors Act money to repair a road leading to that piece of public property, which would open it up to all kinds of recreation, including hunting and fishing. We all own that forest, but owning something you can't use doesn't do you much good. Thanks to the Outdoors Act, hunters and anglers in the Black Hills National Forest may have tons of new opportunities in the next few years. The U.S. Forest Service has proposed 556 similar projects for 2021, and the service says that 32 of those projects directly benefit hunters. Out here in Montana, the service plans to use Outdoors Act money to recondition 500 miles of roads in the Beaverhead Deer Lodge National Forest. These roads are used by a huge variety of folks, including hunters, anglers, horseback riders, outfitters, and firewood cutters, and folks that just want to get a little distance from civilization. These recreators support the economies of the small communities in and around the forest, and the local lumber companies depend on the roads to remove timber. Repairing the 54 roads that crisscross the area will ensure safe, continued access to all the people who need the forest to make a living and just enjoy the space. Back in November, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service released their list of proposed projects using Outdoors Act money. Like the Forest Service, the Fish and Wildlife Service has planned dozens of maintenance projects that will increase access for hunters, anglers, and other outdoor recreators. In addition, Fish and Wildlife will use Outdoors Act money to purchase thousands of acres in states across the country. In West Virginia, for example, the Fish and Wildlife Service will spend $3.5 million to purchase a 3,300-acre tract of land in the Canaan Valley National Wildlife Refuge. The land will connect to two public use trails and provide public hunting opportunities for turkey, white-tailed deer, and black bear. In the Florida Everglades, the Fish and Wildlife Service plans to spend $2 million to purchase 2,000 acres of land that will provide recreational opportunities and protect habitat and wildlife corridors used by game species. In California and Oregon, the Fish and Wildlife Service will drop $6.3 million to lease water rights for five years in the Lower Klamath National Wildlife Refuge. The wildlife refuge lacks sufficient water supplies, and acquisition will help ensure the refuge continues to provide quality habitat for game species. I could do this all day, but I'll spare you. Here's the bottom line. Our federal wildlife agencies have big plans to use our hard-earned taxpayer dollars to our benefit. They haven't released the details of each project, so I can't say whether this or that proposal is awesome or not that great but it's clear that national legislation, like the Outdoors Act, has a huge impact at the local level, where you hunt, fish, hike, camp, and otherwise enjoy the public lands we all share. The same is true of the duck stamps we purchase, the tags we apply for, and the hunting licenses we buy. That money goes to restoring habitat and increasing access, sometimes in a faraway place, but sometimes in the wildlife refuge right down the highway. It's worth doing a little digging to find out how conservation funding is being used to improve your neck of the woods. You can find this list of proposals on the websites of the Department of the Interior, the U.S. Forest Service, and other federal agencies. 
You can also get in touch with your state's wildlife department to find out what projects they're working on and if there's a way to help. It's important that we support legislation that increases conservation funding, but it's a lot easier to make a call or write a letter when you know that money will be used to help you bag a deer or angle for trout. The info is out there. We just have to get online and take a look. Before we go, I got a couple of closers for you. One, don't forget to let me know what's going on in your neck of the woods by writing in to A-S-K-C-A-L, that's askcal at themeateater.com. I love hearing from you. And secondly, I was driving down the road today and a big dually pickup pulled up next to me doing about 75 miles per hour. I look over and this fellow is holding a sign that says, I love meat eater. I laughed my ass off. And sir, if you're listening, I really needed a good laugh today. Thank you so much. This is a great reminder to spread a little cheer. Back in my seasonal employment days, we called this Angry August. Four months of no breaks, making hay as the sun shone or the smoke blew, coming to an end. You know exactly what the clients are going to say before they do. You've heard that joke and that question a few hundred times. But think of the good stuff. Resist the urge to pass on your bitterness over that stiffed tip and pass on a smile instead. Smile. I'm going to do you one more favor. Go check out this Instagram account I've been creeping on. Old.time.hockey. H-A-W-K-E-Y. It's wholesome. You'll thank me later. That's all I've got for you this week. Thank you so much for listening. And remember... Look up steeldealers.com and find a qualified, smart, practical steel dealer near you. Get you set up with some road and trail clearing equipment like a super quiet, clean, battery-powered operated chainsaw. You'll thank me later. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you next week. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and burnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. Simply pour a can in your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. Pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. That's SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance Axis deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some Axis deer sticks, sent right to your door visit mauinuivenison.com that's m-a-u-i-n-u-i venison.com and use promo code cal for 20 percent off your first order